Hello, and welcome back to Sprinkles of SEL with United to Learn, a podcast on social and emotional learning, wellness, neuroscience, and healthy habits for educators and anyone in the education space. I'm Namratha. And I'm Lauren. And we are the United to Learn SEL team. Did that just feel strange for anyone else? Lauren, you? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I did. (laughs) So for those of you who have been listening to us since season one, you might be a little confused because you were expecting probably to hear Lauren's voice first saying our regular intro. And it feels pretty strange and confusing. And it's a change in our normal routine today. And something like that can make you feel a little off kilter, even if you knew it was happening like me. So let's just keep this feeling in mind real quick as we talk through today's sprinkle of SEL morning meetings. We're going to come back to this in a, in a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks, Namratha, for opening us up. That was okay. great. Uh, little switch. Yes, uncomfortable, <laughs> switch. but we'll figure it out. <laughs> so back to our, our content today. What are morning meetings and why are they important? Morning meetings are a common way for educators to start their day off with their students before beginning any instruction. Setting aside that time each morning to conduct a morning meeting can be a great way to engage your students Right from the top of the day, very beginning, it builds that strong sense of community within your classroom with your students, and it helps to ensure that your children are uh, socially and emotionally prepared to start the day. So let's summarize. One, they're a great way to prime our students and ourselves. You too, teachers. This can help kind of set the tone for yourself for success from the minute you walk into the classroom. Two, Morning meetings originated from a responsive classroom, but unofficially have been conducted in classrooms for ages. This is something that various renditions of this have come out over decades of education. And now we have more science behind the power of engaging in these morning meetings. So while they were taking place for quite some time, we may not have been using the the tools and progress monitoring and all of the things we would need to really understand the impact of something like a morning meeting. Three, morning meetings are not just circle time. Circle time is great. Circle time has a a place and a space and morning meetings are slightly different. They build off of that initial idea of circle time, but they're more focused on that start of the day that social guidance, that structure, and that interaction, as uh, referenced by Alan Hughes. We'll we'll cite our resources in uh, the show notes. But think of it kind of like circle time with intention. Mm -hmm. Circle time with intention. Yeah. And I think that's a great way of phrasing that. And one of the things that you mentioned, Lauren, was that we didn't have as much research surrounding this as a concept, um, even though we've been doing this very unofficially for years, right, in classrooms across just not only the states, but, you know, globally. But we do have research now that tells us the benefits of these morning meetings. So morning meetings are a great way to achieve one of Castle's three signature practices, for implementing systematic SEL in schools. So opening this class period with a welcoming ritual or routine, that's like a very simple step that we can be taking to say, hey, I'm practicing SEL in my day. If you have a checklist that you're following given by you, started by you or the district, you know that that's part of that checklist that you can sort of um, check off. Yes. And to 
uh, yes, and mm-hmm. uh, um, I would just want to like punch again the power of this being a consistent and expected thing yes. for the children in your space as well as yourself. We know that consistency and routine feels safe. And sometimes our children come to school from not like a dysregulated space. They don't feel mentally safe. Mm -hmm. So starting your day off with this consistently can really increase the power of the benefit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, And so just to highlight some of those benefits as well that we're, we're, we're talking about. Morning meetings have the power to improve our students' social skills, right? So they're providing students with the time and the opportunities to practice these social skills that are going to transfer outside of that classroom space as well and outside of the time of day that we're setting aside for this. Research demonstrates that like after implementing a morning meeting, students are more likely to communicate more effectively, problem solve, and treat others with respect. So these are all like great things in my ears. Isn't like, that what we all want? That's all we, that's all that we want. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. One of the other benefits of morning meetings is improving our relationships and our sense of community. So morning meetings can provide our students with a sense of belonging, respect, camaraderie to begin this day. And they're a great way for students to develop four of the central tenets of social awareness, which, if you guys remember, is one of Castle's five main competencies. So that's including um, tenets such as perspective taking empathy, appreciating diversity in the classroom, and again, respect for others. So that's contributing to their relationship skills, their development, and at the end of the day, that's strengthening their classroom bond and their sense of community. So research also demonstrates that morning meetings positively affect our student-to-student relationships as well as our student-to-teacher relationships. So I want to say, I want to I highlight that for educators, especially when we think about some of those data points that we have to keep in mind at the end of the day, some of those surveys that we're being asked to be mindful of. Think about the way that something as simple as taking that 10, 15 minute slot in the more beginning of your day can have such a long lasting impact and show up in the data ultimately. Okay. Finally, morning meetings improve our students' academic and their learning outcomes. And that really rolls into something that we've talked about before, which is that social and emotional learning skills and practices really then boost our academic opportunities and skills that we have in our classrooms. Um, and finally, they build empathy for others. Mm. And I want, Lauren, I feel like you had a story about this. Would I you do. Like to share? And the topic of empathy has been loud as of late. Um, <clears throat> we're recording this in the month of October. And so there's been a lot of uh, scary stuff in the news and a lot of articles we're working on putting something together for listeners. So we'll definitely be sure to be sure to share that with our United to Learn Network campuses. But largely... In order to facilitate understanding things that are different or things that we have not yet experienced or things that might not be common to us or sound frightening, empathy is a key lever to unlock understanding and and being more inclusive of others around us, especially if they're different. And so to Namratha's point, our morning meetings help build empathy. And it reminds me of a very, very sweet kiddo I had. We will call him Alex. Um, I was teaching in Milwaukee, the city of Milwaukee, and uh, he was he was the only child. He was the only white child in my classroom in a um, in an area that was urban, but on the side of a river, the Milwaukee River. And his mother chose to live off the grid down by the river. 
And so that that concept was like very bizarre to all of the other children in my classroom because they couldn't even fathom or understand like why someone would choose to live outside in Wisconsin by the river. And and little Alex was just like, hey, yeah, like that's what my mom decided, right? And they the students had a hard time getting to connect with Alex. And one day in in our morning meetings, we were talking about uh, an activity we really like to do. And Alex was so proud and stood up in front of the rest of the class and talked about how he loves to shoot squirrels by the river. (laughs) And if you're chuckling right now, that's okay, because that was generally the response of the other children in the room. But through these morning meetings, the other children in my classroom really got to learn to develop, they learned to develop empathy and respect for for what a, Alex really enjoyed, for the things that Alex did that were different or things that they had never considered to be something they would desire to do themselves. And the classroom just kind of evolved into this like Alex bubble of love and support. So while he felt out of place in a lot of spaces outside of our classroom, if anybody said anything about Alex or messed with Alex from any other classroom in the hallway at lunch or during recess on the walk home, we were a family. And the rest of my children were like, you are not going to talk about us like that. It's kind of like the sibling thing, right? Like you can kind of mess with your siblings, but if anybody else were to say anything about them, game on. (laughs) And so we really were able to foster strong relationships by way of the morning meetings for a child that was particularly different than everybody else. So I digress. Let's get into the next part. That's a great story, though. Thank you for sharing. Namratha is telling me we're over time, as always. <laughs> so what do you do in a morning meeting? What does that look like? Um, so we're just going to share some simple best practices that you can engage in as an educator or somebody facilitating this space for children. So first... And arguably, in my opinion, one of the most important pieces is that you have a talking piece. Even if this is with adults, it sets clear, visible guidelines to all participating that you may not speak until you have the talking piece. This does two things. That allows you to honor the space of the person speaking and allow them to finish. And it also, if you make it like a some sort of stuffed animal or a fidget toy, something that's ooey gooey or pokey or something that has some sort of texture, it can really reduce some of the anxiety somebody might have when they're sharing to a group. And so it can also be like a soothing type of thing that helps people articulate themselves more instead of kind of like freezing up there with um, uncertainty about what to do with their body. So just to reiterate, what I'm hearing is it's not just something that is Uh, holding symbolism within the classroom and within that moment in time, but it's also something that can be used as a sensory type of object for that person holding it. That's great. I love that. Well said. Multi-purpose. Yeah, for sure. So let's go through the four main steps of a morning meeting as cited by the Responsive Classroom. Again, we'll link some resources Mm -hmm. in the show notes for you. So we'll try them together. One is breathe. We're going to take a moment to kind of regulate our bodies, set the tone. So listeners, that's you. Take a moment Take a few deep breaths in. Hold it for a second. Slowly breathe out. Okay, now this time, I'm going to take it up a notch. I'm going to play some chimes. Your job is to breathe and count the chimes in your head. Ready? Here we go. Breathe in. 
breathe out. So sometimes when you are breathing, it's uncomfortable. And if you place something else in the space, such as a chime, a bell, something, your brain focuses on counting that or listening to that, which allows your your body to kind of reset as you're taking those breaths. So that was just a, a small example. The second part of the morning meeting is to greet. So when you greet each other, you ensure that every child has felt seen and appreciated for their unique presence within the circle. And if someone's missing, a great practice is to wish them well. So if a child is absent, you can wish them well. Um, an example of a greeting might be, um, I, as the teacher, could be facilitating. I'll look at Namratha and, and say, before I pass her the talking piece, right, because it's in my hand, good morning, Namratha. I'm going to pass you the talking piece. And you may might uh, help your children with some sentence stems by how to respond, good morning, Lauren. I'm ready to catch the talking piece. And so anytime you're transferring that, giving the students the language to facilitate that and clarify your expectations also transfers over into other spaces. You'll start to see them using that kind of verbiage outside of morning meeting. And then the last thing is to share. It could be a community response, meaning everybody collectively or some sort of group activity, or it could be a question that everybody in the classroom gets an opportunity to answer. It could be light. It could be, what's your favorite ice cream topping? <laughs> and allowing children the opportunity to have that safe space to honor their own voice is helpful. If you have English learners, it might also be helpful to allow them to share in their native language and then work to uh, share that in English and or provide them with some sentence stems so they feel comfortable participating. But allowing all of the children a verbal opportunity is, is essential. I want to share, I know I've shared this in a previous episode before, but one of the things I used to do with a, a class of mine was we started our day off telling jokes. And so I had a little bit of a, not an attendance issue, but a little bit of a, just like a tardy issue. Yes. And so by giving all these students an opportunity to say like, hey, in our first five, 10 minutes of class, we're going to be telling like, I want to hear your best jokes. They not only were like so motivated to come and they wanted to share their jokes and see, you know, who gets the best laugh out of everyone. But I had those students go back and tell their parents like, you need to drop me off sooner so that I can make it into class in time for joke time. Yes. So it was a great motivator for them to like show up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and morning meeting is a great way to facilitate that. Yeah. 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 Where, where else during the school day do you have time built in to really get to know each other in a mm. safe, respectful, intentional space Absolutely. for all to participate? So it really is a great space. And then the last uh, step is we're going to call it the bonus. It's reviewing any community agreements, respect agreements, or announcements or agenda items that you may have. This helps children feel secure in their predictability and the order of their day. And it's it's kind of like a staple that you can add on to that morning meeting that helps students be set up for success. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have some specific examples as well that we have in our United to Learn morning meeting guide. So if you are interested in just getting some uh, ideas laid out, if you're not sure where to begin, do not worry. Just email us at sel at unitedtolearn.org um, and we'll send it over to you. Feel free to use whatever you'd like to uh, for your classroom. Yes. Okay. Thanks, Namratha. Yeah, of course. So Lauren, I know we've talked a lot about the great benefits of morning meetings, but I think Sometimes, like we've we've talked about in this episode, a lot of our episodes, things are much easier to uh, say than actually implement. And so I'm kind of curious, what do you think is like the main complaint 
uh, you might think of when, when, when asked to conduct a morning meeting? There's no time for that. I have to teach reading and math. There's no standards. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> no, I, that's exactly it, right? It feels like, okay, this is something we want to incorporate. We want to incorporate it consistently every single morning. And when we phrase it that way also in our heads, I feel like it sounds like that's a lot to do. But I, I, I feel like the benefits outweigh what we might consider in Tenfold. our Tenfold. The benefits. I put all my money on that bet. Mm-hmm, absolutely. The benefits absolutely outweigh any, I want to say, concerns that we do have without actually taking time away from our instructional time, because that's what it feels like, I know. But while that may be true, it's important to recognize, again, that we've talked about the benefit of starting our students' day off correctly. Instruction time is instruction time, but also if your student is coming from a long day, a long weekend, you've mentioned before, Lauren, if they have not like fully regulated their emotions and they're still coming into your space and you're jumping into instruction time, are they going to be the best person, the best student they can be that day? Or are you? You yeah. just had an argument with your partner on the way to work. You're rushing into work. You forgot your coffee. You don't have your lunch. And you're about to go on stage and teach reading. Oh, gosh. Are you ready? Yeah. Or would you like an opportunity, a safe space to regulate? Exactly. And so morning meetings are as much as it is for us as it is for our students, right? So there is a benefit of starting everyone's day off on the right foot. And that's what that's why we do this. So I know like for anyone who is who's complaining or thinking that like, hey, this is but it feels like I'm like it's sucking away my time. It's not just for our students. It's for us. And it is going to have so much more benefit that we even realize in that moment. You'll need to use less minutes redirecting student engagement Mm -hmm. if this becomes a common practice in your classroom. I do want to highlight two uh, parts of morning meetings that we have referenced already, but I want to highlight that once more. And this is like the secret sauce, I want to say, to an effective morning meeting. Apart from those four components that we've talked about, morning meetings and effective morning meetings really boil down to two things. One is welcoming rituals, right? So this is a well-taught system of actions or a series of tasks, and it contributes to this sort of expected rhythm of the day. And so when you're practicing these steps, and this this goes for any classroom routine, whether it's in the start of your day or in the middle or wherever you're ending off your day with, it's this investment that you're using and you're doing so in creating a calm and orderly space in which our learners can then move around with confidence. So... And what did want to mention, you know, at the very start of this episode, we kick things off a little bit differently today, right? Yes, and the whole episode has felt weird. The whole episode has felt <laughs> so weird for just the both of us recording this because Lauren's usually the one who kicks things off. She's great energy that she brings in. And today Thank I was you. like, oh man, I have to try and match that. You did well. You did Thanks. so well. Thanks. But it felt weird, right? Because our ritual has been that you start off. Right. And then I'll chime in with my name and then right. we'll move forward with mm-hmm. the rest of the episode. So when you disrupt a ritual, it doesn't feel great. And so we want to make sure that we are setting that up and 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 keeping that consistent. Now, Martha, I just want to pose this one question. Mm-hmm. When you wake up, listeners, when SELs, when you wake up in the morning, do you do the same thing first? Uh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. use whatever. Use the restroom. Oh yeah. Start the coffee pot. Mm-hmm. Let the dogs out. Now, tomorrow, don't do it in that order. How is your morning going to start? I see it on Namratha's face. She's like, ah, nope, I'm diverting back to the regular, please. (laughs) It's funny because I feel like I have stuck to my routine so much. I don't even know if I could even like retrain it. 
right. to do something out of the ordinary. Make the know? morning meeting a routine. To reiterate your point, Lauren, yeah, it feels so weird when we start off on the right, wrong foot in our day, right? So we have to make sure that we are setting our students up for success by keeping a consistent ritual one. And our second thing is keeping a consistent and welcoming routine. Yes. And so that's a routine. I want to say that it has a special meaning. So it's not just a consistent one. We want to make sure it's a welcoming routine. So welcoming uh, routine in a classroom is something that like, like you mentioned, Lauren, earlier, you have a warm, consistent greeting. You're greeting every student at the door. I remember watching a video uh, a little while ago where um, there was a middle school teacher who every single student, and, and if you can do this, I think that's wonderful, but he greeted every single student with their own special handshake. Yes. And I know a lot of you are familiar with doing that. There's yeah. power in that consistency. Can you imagine how special each student would have felt? And then your students will remind you if you forget to do Absolutely. it or you don't do it right. They will be the first to co correct you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well said, Namratha. We're going right, to go ahead and we're going to kind of close it out, wrap it up. But before we do so, I'm taking Namratha's role, so this feels weird. <laughs> before we close out, what are our commitments for the week? Okay. So I wanted to share that I've actually been having like a lot of success with my commitment from last week, which was making sure everything is on my Google calendar. Woohoo! I love great. that. <laughs> I've been putting like my evening walks on my calendar and I've been yes. keeping up with it because I know it's there. It's on my calendar. You so, mean you created a consistent routine and it's helping you? It's, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. Riveting. Imagine. Imagine the success of that. So I, my commitment is I want to keep that up. But I also was reading about something really interesting where we eat with our eyes more mm. than we eat with our mouth. Mm. So what I want to do next time I'm eating, because, you know, I feel like we live in Texas. Portion control is like... A situation. Non-existent. Non-existent. Yeah. So I want to be mindful the next time, like, I have a big, you know, a bowl of whatever in front of me that, like, I want to eat with my eyes closed because I've actually heard this is, uh, and, I, and I know there's research behind this, but I've heard this is done where you, if you're eating with your eyes closed, your body will tell you when you're done even before the oh. plate is done. Yeah. Interesting. So that's my new I'm totally going to try it. I Savor try it in my mouth, too. tap into that sense, not yeah. my eyes. Exactly. I like that. I like that. Uh, my commitment for the week is pretty simple. I'm trying to make sure I get to bed <laughs> before <laughs> before the normal time I get to bed. So we'll say uh, 9.30 is the time I'm trying to be physically in bed mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, falling asleep from there shortly. I'll after. just shoot you a message at 9.30. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I'm just teasing. No, no, no. But yeah, I'm trying to get better at bedtime. So that's it. That's kind of a wrap. But as you know, before we log off, SELs. We see you. We hear you. We love you. Educators, you are in it right now. It's Rocktober. You're going through it. Please know you are not alone. We are here for you. You are very much appreciated. We love you and we see you. It's on that note. Until next time. See you guys. Bye, SELs. Bye.